This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Join the Fixer Upper Marriage class via live recording as we learn how to make marriage and love better. An older house may need some restoration work to make it a desirable place to live. In a similar way, after some time, your love may need some restoration work to make your marriage desirable to live in. Today, we learn three principles for restoring your love. If you would like to follow along with the show notes, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash restore. Three principles for restoring your love. An older house may need some restoration work in order to make it a desirable place to live. Maybe some things that you have to restore or to make better just over time. Things were out or maybe they become outdated and you have to do some restoration work. After some time in marriage, the same things begin to happen. You may need to restore some things in your marriage. Restore, do some restoration work on your love. Everyone's marriage is at different stages and different conditions, but these all apply to everyone as you go through your married life. Number one, this is a good one, observe the golden rule. This is probably one of the most overused cultural things ever. How many times have we heard, have I heard, the gold, remember the golden rule, do unto others. But it actually is a Bible principle. The words golden rule are not in the Bible, but it is a Bible principle. If you look in Matthew chapter 7, in verse number 12, Jesus said this, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. In a nutshell, that is the golden rule. All things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do to them. This is from one of the greatest sermons ever preached, in my opinion. The Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus taught this great sermon. And here in the midst of this, he's talking about prayer. He says, God is our Heavenly Father. And as our Heavenly Father, he gives good gifts to those that ask. And then he says, turns it around and says, your brother. He turns it around on those around us. He said, Whatever you think that you would want someone to do for you, you should do that to them. And this same principle applies to marriage. It transfers perfectly into the marriage relationship. Do to your, treat your spouse, do to your spouse the way you want your spouse to do for you. Observe the golden rule. Develop a list of things that you want your spouse to do for you. Maybe you could write it down or maybe just in your mind, take a moment and just be selfish for a little bit. What are the things you want your spouse to do for you? How do you want your spouse to treat you? Maybe you'll write it down. Maybe just have a mental list in your mind. Most of the time, there are a lot of things that we come up with that our mate is not doing for us. We think they should be. Things that we're unhappy with. I wish my wife would do this for me. I wish my husband would do this for me. I wish that it was different. I wish things were this way. This is the way I wish I was treated. And when we start to think about ourselves from our selfish perspective and we start writing these things down or we start just thinking about these things, you know, it may be something as simple as I would really like for my wife to give me a back rub. Sounds really good, doesn't it? That's not somebody, it's not a selfish thing to do. Or maybe it's as challenging as I, mean, I wish my spouse would take me on a weekend getaway. 
Whatever those things are, it's okay to consider those things. Chances are there may be a lot of things, maybe some things at the top, and then a list may grow longer. I wish my spouse would do this for me. And now you can flip the table around. Now that you know those things that you want your spouse to do for you, now you flip the table around. How can I do these things for my spouse? I really want that back rub. Well, maybe you should give your spouse the back rub. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I really want to have that getaway. Well, maybe you could start saving some money to try to make that happen. Do your part to treat your spouse the way that you want to be treated. Do some things that you want your spouse to do for you. Maybe you could offer to do something that you want your spouse to do for you. Offer to do it for them. I know you really, I would really love to have a foot rub. Let me give you a foot rub instead. So by doing these things, you're observing the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Learn to study your spouse. Learn to study your spouse. Become a student of the person that you love. Notice things that they like and want. Here are a few guidelines to studying your spouse. Now, when you're out shopping, notice the things that your spouse looks at. When you're shopping, notice what they look at. Notice what they stop and pay attention to. Sometimes when we're out shopping, we become dedicated at looking at things that we're interested in. You know what? We're at the mall. I want to go I want to go to the sporting goods section, or I want to go to the shoes, or I want to go to the tools. I mean, that's a great place to go to when you go to the mall and go to the tool section. Stop and see where your wife wants to look at. Stop and see the things that she's paying attention to. And this helps you to understand. This helps you to study your spouse, to learn more about them. You'll be able to find some things that they want without them actually telling you what it is. It's one of the most intimate things is receive a gift from somebody that you wanted and you didn't even tell them that you wanted it. They paid so much close attention to you that they realized that you wanted this item and they got it for you. They thought that much of you. So study your spouse and learn the things that they care about. Learn the things that they want and are interested in them. You spend money on things that you consider important to you, right? But before you spend money on you, why don't you stop and think about Spending money on your spouse. You've got your heart set up. You're saving up for something. Why don't you put the brakes on that for a minute and do unto others? Why don't you buy something for your spouse? Spend your money on them. It sends this unmistakable message to your spouse that you really do care about them. And the bonus effect is, if you do to your spouse what you want them to do for you, guess what's liable to happen? They're liable to do things for you. It's like a bonus that you get from using the golden rule. And I say the golden rule just because it's a term that we're familiar with. But it's a Bible principle, doing unto others as you have them doing to you. Pay attention to what brings joy to your spouse. As an example, my wife has become interested lately in panda bears. We went to Washington, D.C. last year. I'm I'm sure you all have heard me talk about it. We went to the National Zoo, and they have three pandas at the National Zoo. They're amazing creatures to watch. I had no idea the way they were. They're actually kind of lazy creatures. I mean, just lay around and eat all the time. But they they look so relaxing, just the way they are. They're just laid-back creatures. My wife, she just fell in love with the panda bears. I mean, she videoed. We were all left. And where's where's Amber at? She's still looking at the pandas, watching every move they make, and taking pictures, trying to get the perfect shot of them. 
She just took an interest in pandas. And one day I was shopping with my five-year-old. We're at the grocery store and my five-year-old sees a giant stuffed panda. Daddy, please get this panda for mommy. So we bought this panda and took it home to Amber and she absolutely loves it. She still has it on the bed. She keeps it on the bed with her. And sometimes she sleeps with this big panda bear in her bed. If it's, I wasn't big enough to sleep with. She has to have a panda bear in the bed with her. Notice what your spouse likes. Notice what brings him joy. That's a little thing. That panda bear didn't cost that much money at all. But it's something that brings your spouse joy. By studying them, you learn things about your spouse. And you're able to do things for them that maybe you couldn't have otherwise done. Look for those things that bring them joy. It may be simpler than you think. Also, by just doing something special for your spouse, you can do things special for your spouse. It costs absolutely nothing. There's things you can do for your spouse that cost nothing. Guess what a back robe costs? If you do it for your spouse, nothing. You don't have to spend a dime. Isn't that great? And you make your spouse happy. Give them what, you, what they want. You don't just mean anything. There are things you can do. You can write a note or draw a picture or whatever you want to do to, to whatever sparks joy in your spouse's life. Pay attention to what brings them joy and bring that into their life. A couple of weeks ago, I presented the six second hug challenge. Y'all remember that? You hug your spouse and you count to six. And actually tried this. We did it twice a day for an entire week. But it really helped our marriage come to find out that that's something that really brings joy to my wife. When I touch her in that way, when I just hold her with no ulterior motives, I just put my arms around her and we it's just a, a embrace that we have and count to six. It's something that lasts longer, not just like I'm hugging her and going, I got to tell something else to do. I'm busy. It shows that I want to spend time with her, that I want to be with her. It does something meaningful. It helps your marriage. Find those things that make you feel connected in that way. Things that bring joy to your spouse and do that for them. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. The golden rule. I've even decided to maybe try to implement that a little bit more in our marriage to take the time to deliberately say, you know what? I'm home from work now. Let me put my arms around you. Let me give you a six second hug. I even say that to her sometimes. Come here. Let me give you a six second hug. Let me put my arms around you for six seconds. And, of course, she wants to hold on longer, right? It's been, it's been longer than six days. I got stuff to do. No. <laughs> but just these things you can do to make, your marriage, to make your marriage better, to do things for your spouse, to think about them. Here's some other ideas that I came up with, and maybe you have some more. If you want to share it with you, here's a great opportunity to share. If you have ideas, you can email me, jason at fixerupermarriage.org. Tell me in class. We can talk about it in class if you like. Just whatever you want to do. Here's some, here's some ideas that I have. Make your spouse a cup of coffee. The way that they like it. Everybody likes their coffee different, don't they? And my wife, her coffee is like a dessert or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. When I drink a cup of coffee, I just pour the coffee and drink it. I don't do anything to it. It's, just, it's coffee. I don't, if I wanted a cup of sugar, I would have just drank a cup of sugar, I guess. It water and sugar. I don't know. But what if she likes to have cream and she likes to have sugar and make it a real fancy kind of thing. But make a cup of coffee for your spouse the way they like it and take it to them. It shows that you paid attention. You showed interest. You watch them make that coffee enough and you study them enough that you know the way that they like their coffee or whatever it is. Buy your wife her favorite, favorite flour or chocolates. I don't know how marriage survived without chocolate. 
I don't know how Adam made it without, I guess he had flowers. I'm sure he had flowers, but how did he make it without chocolate? I don't know. But to give your wife a flower and to know that's her favorite flower, that actually means something. I know that you really like this flower because I've seen the way you look at it. I've seen her in the store and she stops and she smells this particular type of flower. I know she likes it. Someone get it for her. Or I know this is the candy bar that she really, really likes. Someone get her this chocolate. Because I paid attention, I noticed that she really likes this. Something special. Leave a note in a place that only your spouse can find it in their daily routines. I've paid attention so much to what you do that I'm leaving you a love note somewhere that only you can find it. Find an old picture of a joyful moment that you spent together and send it to them. This is real easy with smartphones. All you have to do is go scroll, scroll. How many pictures are on your smartphone? It's, you just have to scroll back, go back on your history or whatever you have to do. Or maybe get on your computer and find a, picture, a joyful moment that you had together and send it to them. This is a memory that I have of us together. I want to share this with you. Use your personal gifts to create something special for your spouse. Maybe you're good at writing poems. Write, use that to write a poem for your spouse. Maybe you're good at singing a song. This would not work for me. I'm not good at singing songs. I can't remember the words. I can't remember the tune. I could just say like the first line and then who knows where that song is going. You know, wife, she's a beautiful singer. Everybody has their own gifts and talents. Maybe you have a talent to sing. Why don't you sing a song for your spouse? Wouldn't that be special? I'm singing this just for you because that's the talent that I have. Maybe you create some kind of artwork for them. Maybe you're good at painting or drawing. You could draw something for them. Maybe you're good at wood, woodworking. You can do a piece of woodwork that they would like or enjoy. Go out of your way to do something special for your wife, such as drive to a specific store. Go out of your way. Drive to a specific store to buy them something. I didn't just go down the street to Walmart to get this. This is something you can't get at Walmart. I had to go out of my way to get this for you. I had to go miles out of the way to this store that you told me that you really liked or we saw passing by and I got you this special thing. I did this special for you. Save up to do something special for them or spend your time creating something special for your spouse. So these are all things that you can do. Do unto others to use that golden rule effectively in your marriage. To use the Bible principle of doing unto others, use it in your marriage. Use it to benefit your marriage and make your marriage something special by doing these things. Treat your spouse the way that you want them to treat you. As simple as, simple as it may sound, it can completely change your marriage. Think about this. Before you talk to your husband, would I want my husband to talk to me this way? Would I want my wife to speak to me like this? Of course not. But why would you talk to him that way just because you're having a bad day? Would you want your wife to completely ignore you? Of course not. Then why do you ignore her just because you're having a bad day? God gives us the simple command in Scripture that applies perfectly to the marriage relationship. Listen to this. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. It's Ephesians 4.32. 
in this simple imperative statement, and be ye kind one to another. God wrote the formula for maintaining a healthy marriage relationship. The bottom line, treat your spouse the way you want them to treat you. Making the deliberate effort to to do this principle in your life can really do something great for your marriage. It can really change the way your marriage may be heading by applying that principle to your life. Number two, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. In a short statement from Scripture, God lays out an enormous challenge. And it's something we really need in marriage. In Philippians chapter 4, in verse number 4, the Bible says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. According to Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary, which happens to be my favorite dictionary, rejoice means to experience joy and gladness in a high degree, to be exhilarated with lively and pleasurable sensations, to exult. Rejoice in the Lord always. Learn how to rejoice in Him. You know, the rejoicing part is easy. The problem is the word always. It's easy to rejoice, but the problem is when He puts the always in there, it makes it incredible, incredibly hard. So God wants us to rejoice even in difficult times of marriage and life. It's in the dark times that the power of rejoicing really comes into play. It almost seems outlandish that I should rejoice even though I'm having problems in my marriage. Even though things are not the way they should be. That I can still rejoice in the Lord. It just seems crazy that I would rejoice despite the circumstances that I may be in. But the key to learning to rejoice in him is learning to rejoice in him instead of rejoicing in our circumstances. During the honeymoon phase of marriage, it's great, it's easy to rejoice in the Lord. Not so great when things aren't going well. When you get a new car, it's easy to rejoice in having a new car. But not so easy when the car is breaking down. Life happens to everybody. But we can still rejoice in the Lord despite what happens. Even when your love life isn't what it should be, you can still rejoice in the Lord. The key is rejoicing in Him and not in your circumstances. He's not asking you to rejoice in your circumstances. He's asking you to rejoice in Him. And rejoicing in Him is something that never changes. He never changes. He is always good. His grace and His goodness is constant in spite of what you may be going through. It's something you can always do is rejoice in Him. No one can take away the fact if you're saved that you're going to heaven. Nothing can take that away from you. If you have Jesus in your heart, nothing can take that out of your heart. This is what you can rejoice in, that He is great, that He is good. that His goodness is without end. Learn to rejoice in him. Learn to talk to God as a friend. Talk to God as a friend. Communication is imperative in any relationship and relationship with God is no different. Learn how to talk to him as a friend instead of some abstract being in heaven. You can just talk to him about what's on your heart and what's on your mind. You can talk to him like a friend. Cut out all the formal redundant phrases that we use. I don't mean to be disrespectful. But we start praying and we use all these phrases that mean absolutely nothing to us. It's just something that we say. 
But you know, when I sit down at my house and I pray with my kids and we sit down at a meal together, which seems to be happening less and less. But when we sit down at our ta- table together and we pray, I pray something like this. Lord, thank you for a good day, this food and my wife who made it. It's real simple, isn't it? But for some reason, we have it in our mind. We have to have this some elaborate prayer because we're talking to God. Not, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But it can, I've been raised in church my whole life, and I've heard this said my entire life. When someone prays over food, pray over this food, brother. Would you pray over this food? We always say the same phrases. Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of my body and bless the hands that made it. Do we even know what it means? We're eating a donut. <laughs> the nourishment. How is it going to be nourishment to our bodies? Why don't we just say, Lord, thank you for this junk food. Lord, thank you for, <laughs> thank you for this donut. I was really hungry. Thank you for letting us eat. But we've got to, I'm just using that as an illustration. I mean, like the hands that made it. You just want to bless their hands? If you want to pray for the people, thank you, Lord, for these wonderful people that made this meal. Why don't you just learn how to talk to God like a friend? Talk to God like he's a real person. Isn't he a person? Isn't he personal? Learn how to talk to him. Just talk to him about how you feel and what's going on in your life. Try talking to him out loud. Now, the neighbors might think you're crazy if they see you doing it. But it's okay to talk to him. Sometimes by saying, talking to him out loud, it just, you have to put our thoughts together to form words, and it makes it more like a real conversation to us. Maybe you're going down the road and you can talk to God. Maybe you talk to God in your bedroom or maybe out in your backyard. Just talk to him in private. Talk, try to talk to him out loud. You may be surprised at how it changes the way you feel when you actually talk to him about the way you feel. The Bible describes God as a friend on several occasions. There's a story of Abraham who was called the friend of God. You can find that in James 2, 23. God calls us his friends in the redemptive act of salvation. John chapter 15 and verse number 13. And God describes himself as a close friend, a friend that sticks close, closer than a brother. Proverbs 18, 24. Try talking about that. Try writing a letter to God. You know, I previously discussed writing a letter to your spouse in a lesson a couple of weeks ago. Take that same idea and write a letter to God. Tell God how you feel about what's going on in your life. Putting those words, putting those thoughts and feelings into words can somehow help bring closure to the way you're feeling. Make your reality your dream. Make your reality your dream. You know, there's so much talk today about living your dream life. People are after a dream home, dream car, dream house, dream job, right? Even the dream marriage. But contrary to what everybody's saying, you can, have, you can make the situation you're in be your dream life. You can rejoice in the Lord regardless of what's going on. You can rejoice in the good things that God's given you of where you're at right now. Find the little joys in what you're doing right now and rejoice in him. You know, I know ladies who are unhappy because they're not, they don't get to be stay-at-home moms. And I know some ladies that are stay-at-home moms and are unhappy because they're stay-at-home moms. Well, why don't you just rejoice in what God has given you to do right now? Rejoice in him, in what you're doing. It may not be the perfect situation. It may not be ideal. But this is the situation you're in. You can make the choice. You can sulk about it. You can drive yourself crazy trying to do something else. Or you can just enjoy the blessing that God's given you right now. It's the same way in marriage. Even if you're not a princess living in a castle with this prince that does everything for you. You can rejoice in the Lord 
in the situation that you're in. You can have pleasure in the little things that God gives you to do. Learn how to enjoy the things that God has given you. The secret to enjoying life and marriage is to enjoy the opportunities that God has actually given you. Number three, restore your love, take the road less taken. One of my favorite writers, Robert Frost, wrote a poem entitled The Road Less Taken. In fact, my little sister, she did a, a recited this as a school competition piece one time. And in, in the poem, he talks about the road splitting up and he's sitting there trying to decide which way to go. And finally, he makes the decision to take the road that no one else hardly is taking. The other road, road was beaten down and widened where everybody was going that way. That's the way it is in marriage. Take the road less taken. Everybody's given up on their marriage. Everybody's unhappy in their marriage or unhappy in their life, in their situation. You choose the right road. Choose the good road. Choose the road less traveled. The road of giving up on each other is the one beaten down, wide and full of people. You can choose to take the road of restoration, redemption, and rejoicing if you have God's help. You don't have to have the ideal marriage. You just have to have each other. In summary, three principles for restoring your love. Number one, observe the golden rule. Number two, rejoice in the Lord. And number three, take the road less taken. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage, so don't miss it. All the time you say, don't miss it. Yes. So you act like, don't miss it. That's don't right. Don't miss it.